Mike, I know I'm supposed to dislike MJF and Chris Jericho for kicking the shit out of the Young Bucks dad, but if that man legit raised the Young Bucks, doesn't he kind of deserve it? To take a line from indie wrestling crowds, you deserved it. You deserved it. This and other chants that we should never hear in wrestling ever again. Coming up on the Misspots podcast. Let's get this right out of the way. This was a terrible episode of Dynamite. <laughs> terrible. This they booked this episode of Dynamite like the like they booked WrestleMania. Every match was an epic. Every match was we were told, even the main event, we were straight up told this was a match of the year candidate. Two guys who I have never done anything in the company. Nothing. Nothing. No championships. No legitimate contenderships related to championships. I mean, they've booked Lance Archer like he was supposed to be a big deal. Never really was. No personality. You know, I mean, AEW has crossed over into WWE level hyperbole for everything. <laughs> everything is the biggest match ever. Everything is booked like the biggest match ever. Everything is told to be the biggest match ever. They do a really good job of being enthusiastic about their product. I'll give them that. They seem to like it. I feel less enthusiastic about it. Yeah. uh, Nail head on that enthusiasm (laughs) hyperbole. Uh, Like, uh, during the whole sting thing like it just i was having wcw acid flashbacks and i had never done acid and or watched wcw and yet it still (laughs) creeped into your brain and it was just bad and seeing shivani lose his fucking mind over it like he popped so big for a stinger splash, like it was his finishing move. And I was like, this is a 50, 60-year-old man doing this to young men. When it comes to that whole aspect of the show, this angle has been so poorly done. I think that there could have been something with Sting and Darby Allen. But Sting's done nothing for, I believe he's been in the company for four years. And he's done nothing but come on the stage, walk very slowly, point a baseball bat, and get powerbombed out of his boots. He's done little to nothing. And he's an old man. 
it's it's they're finally getting him involved in some action, which I think is a good thing. But the vignettes haven't been good. The booking hasn't been good. Taz's team is really kind of pathetic. I, there's just Despite there's not that they're a lot. Not at the same time, well, like, they could be great. I mean, Ricky Starks, I like a lot, and I actually like Hobbs. I yeah. think he has potential. He's got a great look. I don't know how much else there is to him because we never hear him talk. We never really develop any character. At one point, he was a babyface because, like, he saw his brother killed or something. I, I, I seem to remember some really heart wrenching story, and then like a week later, they turned him heel because. Tony Khan has no idea how to book a professional wrestling show. But there's definitely people in there that can do stuff. Taz is great on the mic. I don't n- understand his kid. Is he a wrestler? Is he not a wrestler? They. He's a blues traveler song. <laughs> I'll bring you back. Uh, I really dated myself on that one. You sure did. You sure did. I, I feel like. Everything AEW hold on, does. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to try this again. He's a Robin Williams, Dustin Hoffman <laughs> flick. That's somehow older. Uh, I, I don't. I I think every and you've said this before. Everything on this show seems to make it assumes you care more about the product than you do. That you think about it more than you do. That you watch their stupid internet shows everything about this show like hook is being trained by cody then he's not we didn't know he was being trained by cody it wasn't an angle it it just it drops you into the middle of every storyline and assumes that you give a shit more about these people when they've done nothing to make you care about them the wwe wcw when it was going strong, the old NWA, all the great territories in the history of professional wrestling built characters over time, months, years, got you into storylines. AEW just goes, well, this week we've decided that this person is important and we're going to start telling you that they are. And we're going to drop you into the fourth stage of their storyline and just assume you'll come with us. And by the way, in three weeks, we'll change it because that's the other thing. They change everything. The continuity in AEW is insane. Didn't Nyla Rose used to have Vicky Guerrero as a manager? Yeah. When did that stop? Did anyone ever talk about it? When did Brandon Cutler become a Mortal Kombat character when he comes out to the ring? The the, uh, announcers certainly didn't say anything about it. Where was Mortis? Where was Wrath? We don't know. <laughs> At no point do they explain anything. They get enthusiastic. But that's childish. And the entire show comes off as it. I, I, you, I feel like now we're just jumping around like crazy, but we should probably just talk about the open. You could that Hook hosts a, like, a talk segment on AEW Dark every week, and I would believe it. It'd probably be called by hook or crook uh but i would believe (laughs) that such a thing exists because dark is this dark spot of my mind with aew pun intended maybe that 
I, I, I just don't know what goes on except for the little ticker that goes across the bottom every dynamite. And which, by the way, they have 700 matches per episode. How long is an episode of Dark? Because I assume they put on epic matches for all of those. They don't actually do squash matches, right? I, I don't know. I mean, listen, I, I really get frustrated when I have to say nice things about the WWE. But when Sunday Night Heat was running and something was important that that tied into a storyline, they gave us a recap. This happened on Sunday Night Heat. By the way, it also says, hey, go watch this show because angles are happening on it. AEW does none of that because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. It's obvious. Uh, They certainly don't know what they're doing with John Moxley. To have him in an exploding barbed wire... Something death match. I cannot think of anything I care about less. Anything. There's nothing I care about less than this match. I do not believe Kenny Omega as a... This this entire angle. I don't believe they hate each other. I don't believe they want to explode each other's bodies with barbed wire. I, feel- I don't care about the concept of the match. John Moxley gave the worst promo he has ever given on this show because I didn't believe a word of it. He tried to make this seem that this was dangerous. No one thinks this is dangerous. No one thinks that this is more dangerous than your stupid, awful gimmick match you did as a unsanctioned match. Back when they were trying to push that as like, we're pushing the limits, we're not going to sanction this match. And then a year later, we're getting an exploding barbed wire death match. But that's sanctioned? Yeah. For the title. For the title. It's so terrible. And John Moxley is a better promo than this, because I usually believe him, and I find found this sad. Uh, I'm going to give a little more credit on the promo. Because uh, I I think that Moxley goes out there, gives his all to almost every promo that he, he puts out there. And I felt like he did do that. It still doesn't make any sense to me that Kenny Omega is the one who made this match happen, who asked for this match. And during the little video package that they put together for it, it was like, leading up to it they're like omega going what happened to the best bout machine he's challenging john moxley to gimmicked matches that's what happened to the best bout machine like this feud is just ridiculous it's stupid it's sorry it's it it could it, be so much better. Like that that original feud that in the very beginning of, of Dynamite was at least entertaining. And I mean it, it, it was, was better. It, it was better. It was much yeah. better. I and, agree with that. And I enjoyed the the unsanctioned match. There was some stuff to it that I, I thought was unnecessary, but I thought that it was a good match. Now it was a match that Kenny Omega didn't need to be in. He doesn't need to do matches like that. Moxley, Moxley at this age doesn't need to be doing matches like that either. I get that it's part of his past and that he 
is known more as being a brawler than being a technical wrestler. But like, I have no desire to see these two guys mutilate each other because for better or for worse, Kenny Omega is a good professional wrestler, a very good professional wrestler. I know you're shaking your head, but he can put on good matches in the ring. And John Moxley is a good professional wrestler who is like he he lives like I here's one thing that I believed him. Like he pretty much lives and dies this industry. He's addicted to this industry. And yeah. like that that guy is a student of the game. He's a lifer and I I appreciate that about him. And I don't I don't want to see him have to put parts of his body on the line for a match like this. And I don't want to see Kenny Omega have to do that either. Let me just jump in with this real quick and then we'll move on. Kenny Omega can do really, really good pro wrestling moves. Fast, quick, the snap, the the quickness as he moves across the ring. And from time to time, I really enjoy watching him. I don't think he's a very good professional wrestler. I don't think he has very good personality. I don't think he's believable in any way, shape, or form as a babyface or a heel. I, I I find him cloying to watch. And it is painful to see everything he does on a regular basis. And no, I don't want to see this match. I don't want to see barbed wire exploding death matches. I think that diminishing returns could be the name of this pay-per-view because it can't be good. It can't. I've seen clips of barbed wire exploding death match. Now, listen, I haven't seen a full exploding barbed wire death match on, on YouTube. So maybe I'm missing something. The greatest matches of all time. It's a gimmick that I have no interest in. This is a pay-per-view that I might buy and not watch the main event. That's how disinterested I am in this. So I, I just don't care. I thought that everything that that Moxley was saying was melodramatic, even though it might have been honest, because it's just kind of a sad, embarrassing stipulation. And this pay-per-view is shaping up to be extreme rules for AEW. You've got a anything goes exploding barbed wire death match you've got a street fight which is an anything goes match you've got a battle royal with tag teams that we just saw like two weeks ago you've got a ladder match for the face of the revolution which means <laughs> nothing so you've got gimmick after gimmick after gimmick it's it's just it's, I don't get it. Let me ask you this, Kevin. I'm I'm going to move on. Was there anything that you liked? Let's let's make a compliment sandwich here. But reverse. We're going to have the shit on the outside and the compliment in the middle. I didn't like the segment, but I liked one line. Miro looked at the camera and said, "Chuck Taylor, you're acting like a child." <laughs> I feel like Tony Khan should take that clip and watch it every morning. And should to have it superimposed him. with uh, Tony Khan, you're acting like a child? No, just you're acting like a child. 
You're acting like a child. Every single thing on this show, you're acting like a child. That, that, that was the best thing on the entire show. What about the Britt Baker, Nyla Rose match? Oh, that, that was all kinds of problems to me. Uh, heel versus heel. First of all, I'm fine with heel versus heel in a tournament setting because logically sometimes that would happen. Yeah. But they booked this like an epic, which it wasn't. Britt Baker got lost two, three times. It was sloppy. At one point, you had Nyla Rose give Britt Baker a superplex. A superplex. And then Britt Baker immediately got up and suplexed Nyla Rose into the turnbuckle and won an offense. Is she is she a road warrior? She completely no-sold a superplex to suplex Nyla Rose. And we had 24 false finishes. None of them earned. I don't like either one of these people. I'm supposed to dislike both of them. Who am I supposed to cheer for? If you're going to do a heel versus heel match, there's a way to do that. They should beat the piss out of each other. We should dislike both of them. And one of them goes over. They had referee interfere. I mean, they had uh, Reba, Rebel on the outside interfere. They had a turnbuckle pulled off that didn't even figure in the finish. They had, to borrow a phrase from Jim Cornette, they had a hat on a hat on a hat. (laughs) It was. It was ju- it was sound and fury representing nothing. Yeah, it, that's it's a good point. Uh, I I was with you in the very beginning. I could care less about what was going on, uh, and then they kind of pulled me in towards the end, like the the last five ish minutes or so. I thought was good, uh, at least wrestling wise. And I actually, I got at that point like, oh, I think they want us in this heel versus heel thing to be with Nyla. Uh, you did? Yeah, because I didn't. With the the turn the turnbuckle thing and the outside interference, it's like okay, like they're making her seem like. Uh, the underdog in this whole thing because she's going against a cheater who has help on the outside and the struggle that she went through to uh, avoid the lockjaw just had that baby face like kind of ire to it to me and then just the the desperation second beast bomb came across as very like uh baby face to me too did did you notice Britt baker pinning herself after the first beast bomb yes where she rolled her own legs up and the ref started counting the pin before nyla rose touched her well you, you could tell that nyla was <laughs> caught off guard by that because she she looked like she's like all right uh whoa, whoa the ref is counting i better at least put a hand on her now I mean, it's so many people. It, it's it's so... like she was she was trying to sell desperation, like that, like oh, uh, like this this I, took I, a lot I, out of me too. I am putting this a hundred percent on the ref and Britt Baker. 
Like they, they, it's so unprofessional and it screams so much about the people who have not, you do not see those things in NXT. You do not see those things in WWE. You don't see great storylines. You you see tons of other things that I don't like. But the amount of times you see someone lost in the ring, the amount of times you see someone do something that egregious, and you're like, why are you on national television? <laughs> how are you able... How did you get this job? You know... I, I, and I really like Britt Baker. I think she's one of the people who has a great personality. She's like, like if Ray Phoenix or Lance Archer or half the freaking roster had Britt Baker's personality, they could be a freaking superstar. But she looks lost all the time. All the time. I like Nyla Rose a lot. I think Nyla Rose has a lot to offer. But booking her as a baby face in an epic match against another heel... In the middle of a tournament, I, when we already had Hangman and Hangman fight a underneath tag team guy in an epic match earlier on, and we're going to have the greatest match of all time with Lance Archer and Ray Phoenix later on in the night, where does it end? At what point is a match not the greatest match of all time? I, I, t- I text you this. When every match is the main event of WrestleMania, every match is the opening match of Velocity in 2002. That's how I feel about this show. Every match is just the same. For for some of you youngsters out there, Velocity was a television show by WWE back in the day. The C show. Not even Sunday Night Heat. Velocity was... Lower down in the on the totem pole, but it's main no, event. I mean, yeah, and and once again, where's Vicky Guerrero? Did anyone tell us why Vicky Guerrero is not with Nyla Rose anymore? They pick up and drop more storylines. When this show started, I remember saying, you know, Brandy is kind of all over this show. And if this was Stephanie McMahon, I would be roasting this show for it. But I'll give it time. You know, I'll give you a little bit of rope and say, all right, you're kind of getting your feet wet. They book this entire roster like the 2014 WWE women's main roster. Baby faces and heels. No one ever changes. They just are different from week to week. Storylines are picked up dropped no logic no reason they need a logic coordinator on this show not even continuity basic logic they could hire a 12 year old but wait weren't they not doing that last week that is that is they just need that they just need someone to to just no no i don't like it that that would be good enough my my three-year-old could be the logic coordinator of this show and do a better job. Because at least he likes to say no. Oh, he does. Oh, does he ever. Um, let's see. I asked you a question. I asked you a question earlier. What, was what the fuck is a face of the revolution ladder match? Uh, it's like the new faces of fear. 
So it's uh, Meng, so it's Meng and, and the, the Barbarian. barbarian right? <laughs> I don't know. At, at least Rem- with the the diamond dozen like they had the they have a ring. Or <laughs> No, that that's a good gimmick. I think that works. Don't they have a ranking system for people to fight for championships during this pay-per-view? I think I heard later on that this ladder match, whoever wins gets a shot at Darby Allen. And the, the tag team match, who who wins that gets a tag team title shot. They have a ranking system. They built this entire company on sports-based presentation. They haven't mentioned they, they mentioned it when it's convenient to them, yeah. but it has all the importance of the SmackDown ranking system, which lasted four weeks and basically was just there to set up a Randy Orton feud. I, this is ludicrous. The The presentation of this show is so all over the place. I don't want to see this gimmick match. I don't understand why it's happening. I don't know why Cody is in it and Scorpio Sky are in it. And Penta, and Penta. El Cero. What's his name now? Uh, I think that was it. Penta just Penta El Cero? Yeah. Oh, I think there's Penta like, El Cero Miero. Like. I think you there's know. four more words. Yeah. But I don't know why they're in it. in it. Yeah. I don't know why they're in it. <sighs> I don't know why Ray Phoenix and Lance Archer ever were friends. I don't know why they are not friends now. I don't know why they were friends again at the end of the show. Uh, this Once again, this is the women's division 2014 booking for this entire roster. Who's PMS? <laughs> Pretty the pretty mean sisters. Wait, I think that was two thousand, not wait two thousand fourteen. What was a, so, uh, what was a Sasha about Ryan's Tamina? Champ? Uh, they had a, a three letter name too. Oh, was God, it? I have no, I have no idea. The pretty mean sisters was Terry Reynolds, Ryan Shamrock, and uh, Jackie. Okay. Jackie Gata? Yeah. Okay. No, no, not Jackie Gata. Like Jacqueline? Miss Jackie. Jacqueline, yes. Okay. I miss Jackie, sorry. Um, okay, we, we open this up talking about the show with the with the young bucks and their dad, <laughs> who by the way, I am a hundred percent convinced is James Ellsworth. <laughs> that is James Ellsworth. Sold. Dyed hair. Sold. That that's it. That's what it is. Uh, I, I think I said everything in the open that I meant. I I, I kind of liked it because if your progeny were if if my son he's three years old I love him with all my heart if he turned out to be a young buck for instance I should probably get my ass kicked I should probably have blood of my face smeared on a large truck with the face of my, I think that's probably apropos your your son probably loves the idea right now of him having his face on a truck oh of course he does he's three <laughs> but if, if 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 my if my son grew up to be a young buck yeah kick the shit out of me man I kind of deserve it 
So if he starts wearing tassels within the next couple of years and super kicking teddy bears, we might have some issues. I will say this. I have seen him do a double bicep pose. A little more muscular than the Young Bucks. <laughs> just a little bit. And about the same height. Some serious shade just thrown right there. <laughs> I just hate those guys. They're just terrible. I still don't understand how their best friend in the elite is a heel and they're not, even though they were doing a heel turn once again. No logic, no reason. Uh, yeah, but, I just found this also whole thing funny. BFFs uh, with uh, the the dragon guy uh, because they're from Rancho Cucamonga. Seriously, when did Brandon Cutler start coming out with a dragon head? What? No one mentioned it. If a job guy just shows up with a new gimmick, right? Yeah. If if Barry Horowitz showed up decked out like Avatar one day, you'd go, oh, why the fuck is Barry Horowitz dressed up like a m- moron? Can someone talk about this? Why is Barry Horowitz blue? <laughs> yeah. like, someone tell me. If Iron Mike Sharp showed up in a, a an elaborate outfit at some point, if if Iron Mike Sharp showed up as Max Moon one day, you'd go, "Hey, someone explain to me what's happening." If Tugboat no one says showed up as a stormtrooper with sparkles <laughs> on him, what? Oh, <laughs> that did happen. But I just, I mean, this show, it's it's pure insanity. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I, I wanted to also mention this because we've been touching, we've been jumping all over the place. Like, and I have to say this, and this is not that's funny, but the FTW title has still never done anything for Brian Cage. No, it's never been featured in a storyline. It's never made sense for being there. It's never heightened. It's never. Lent itself to anything important. It's just, it is, it's, he could, he could be walking out there with a bowling trophy from when he was 12 years old and it would make as much sense. They attempted a storyline with it. I remember Taz like demanding for it to be recognized. Right. And then that went went away. He, as I've said a million times, he could defend it, quote unquote. Every time he has a match, I'm defending the FTW championship against job guys like Brandon Cutler and a dragon mask. And you'd go, okay, well, it's not really a thing. It's the million dollar man was a top guy with his own title. And that made sense. There are ways to do this really well. But now it's just a prop in the worst way possible. It still makes no sense. And they give no credence to it. It helps no one, and it kind of makes him look like more of a dope than he obviously is. Yeah. I I don't think that Brian Cage is a dope, but uh, I mean, this prop has become exactly that. It is just, uh, it might as well be a designer belt that he takes (laughs) off with a cape. It it, it means nothing. (laughs) No. Hmm. Okay, so 
The commentary team did not tell me why Brandon Cutler was now a dragon. Correct. They did not. They also did not tell me when Jake Hager became Amish. I have never seen a person in all of popular culture have a beard without a mustache, unless they were Amish. So at some point, Jake Abraham Hager moved Lincoln. to Pens- moved to Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania Dutch country, raised a barn, probably started bowling, because I think they do that mostly from my research, Kingpin. Good research. And, yeah, and he became Amish. No one told anybody about this. They didn't talk about it. It's a good storyline development, and we got none of it. They're also fast as fuck, uh, from what I've I've gathered from the Amish? letter, Kenny. Yes. <laughs> That's not a show I'm familiar with. You you got to get it's, familiar it's a, with it. It's on it's on my list. Um, I here's an actual progression of thoughts that I had during this match. I was looking at Hager and I'm like, man, he's looking a little soft uh, around the midsection. He always has uh, more so, and then and then Jr. goes. He's just entered into training for an MMA fight coming up. And I'm like, first of all, could have fooled me. Second of all, I hate that because that almost makes it seem like wrestling doesn't matter. Like, he doesn't need to train for wrestling. He needs to train for MMA because it's real fighting. But for... for his normal weekly job that he's here in AEW, he doesn't have to put that much effort into it. That I know that's not what Jr. meant by that, and because I, I know that Jr. is very methodical in what he says, but that's the way it came across to me is that Hager is now actually training because it's time to get in a, a real fight in under his belt, but he doesn't really put that much effort into his training for wrestling. You know, that's not something that I was thinking about, but it's a little thing that you catch and it makes a lot of sense the way you kind of lay that out. This is the perfect time to talk about big show <laughs> because <laughs> no, because He's had a show named after him on TNT for weeks now. Yeah. AEW continues to take the rejects of the rejects. When, I'm sorry, Paul White has had very good runs in the WWE. He's been very successful in the wrestling business, much more so than Jake Hager. But when... WCW was taking talent from the WWF. They took Hulk Hogan and they took Macho Man and, I mean, even people like Honky Tonk Man and, you know, Big Boss Man, like, uh, man, all mans. mans. Lots of mans. Million Uh, Dollar Man. Yeah. Uh, When the WWF went out and, you know, pillaged the territories, they got Roddy Piper and they got Hogan and they got 
you know, a who's who of the, the best professional wrestlers in the world. When AEW goes out and gets WWE talent, they get people that no one wants to see. I'm sorry. Jake Hager was one of the worst reveals that you could possibly imagine. And a year later, he still is. There's nothing interesting about the person. The best things Jake Hager ever did in this company was be in those videos that the, the vi video that Jericho did, uh, mocking Cody and his training and just like not saying anything and being kind of funny. That was the best thing Jake Hager ever did. He's never been a legitimate threat. He's never, what, he's won 50% of his matches. He's a nobody. He's not a very good professional wrestler. He's got the personality of a wet dish rag. And yeah, he's a good MMA fighter. They could have pushed him if that would have been their thing. And they've got a mouthpiece in Jericho that could have made it work. But they also had Lance Archer to push and Brian Cage to push and a thousand other people to push in the same basic vein. Brody Lee to push. And they never pushed any of them. It was all lukewarm. And now he's just an Amish guy who can't really wrestle, who's a really, really good MMA fighter and a pretty shitty wrestler. Now they bring in a WWE legend, a surefire Hall of Famer, a former world champion, and a guy that we've been begging to stop wrestling for 10 years? A guy who's barely mobile? A guy who got in great shape, but a person who has been talked about how great they are. The big show, Paul White, has been, they've been talking about how great he is, how many Royal Rumbles he can win, all this kind of stuff, for so much longer than he actually was a main event talent. Right? Yeah. And now he's a part of a commentary team of a new YouTube show. We need a lot. We need at least six more of those. We, we need to have a YouTube show every night for AEW, apparently. And then he's got a wrestling license. That's real sports feel right there. A wrestling license. Does anyone want to see the big show step in a ring in AEW? Man, I don't. No. God, do I not want to see that. I, it, it's almost beyond words how much I don't want to see this. And how terribly they've booked everybody that's come in. There's Matt Cardona! Oh, I, you said that a cool. couple weeks ago, and I f was like, oh, fuck, I forgot about him. And once again, oh, fuck, I forgot about him. Great, guys. There's Miro! Oh, he's wearing a Mickey Mouse shirt and fighting over a video game. They can't book anyone at all in any way. No one's a star. And their only stars are freaking Hangman Page, Cody, Moxley, Jericho. And yeah. they book them all like freaking chumps anyway. Yeah. Uh... I got to ask real quick. Did you do any wild card stuff uh, for this show and flip over to NXT and see anything? 
So I, I knew you were going to ask that. I I had a, a toddler issue with my son going to bed tonight. So I was uh, dis- uh, I was distracted for the first forty minutes of the show. So I spent most of my time catching up during commercial breaks and this and that, and you know, fast forwarding through areas of matches which obviously didn't matter. There was a lot of them. So by the time I caught up. I was just transfixed with what I was doing, and I did not at any point switch over to NXT. I'd okay. like to be the wild card, but I was just I was just too focused on what I was doing slash not that focused on what I was doing. Okay, you know that old chestnut. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, I'm going through it really quick to see at least the results. Uh, Dexter Loomis beat Johnny Gargano in a non-title match. Leon Ruff and Tyler Russ went to a no contest, I think, is the words that are actually on the screen. Uh, Io Shirai beat someone who doesn't exist. Uh, Zia Lee beat uh, the... The, the little one. 10,000-year-old spirit of a dead Japanese woman? No, she beat the little one in that tag team. Uh, <laughs> oh. the, the little dangerous one. Uh, yeah. Grizzled little danger. <laughs> Grizzled Young Vets beat Drake and Killian Dane. And Karrion Cross defeated Santos Escobar in a non-title no-DQ match. And Adam Cole explains himself. Listen, the Adam Cole angle with the Undisputed Era is actually something that I'm interested in, so I will actually probably go back and watch that. But yes, we talked a little bit about this main event here on AEW, and you and I often differ on some of our interest in these great matches, these these matches that are set up to be great displays of professional wrestling and and by the way i i thought about this while i was watching uh phoenix and uh archer i couldn't care less about either one of these people ray phoenix is the best high fo- high flyer in professional wrestling today 100 percent. yeah uh I, I i and when there's a reason for him to do that i think it's impressive I don't think there's any personality there. I don't care about him as a character, but he can do some he can do some wrestling in that style. Lance Archer I could give a shit less about. Uh, Jake Roberts, one of my all-time favorites, does nothing for that presentation. He just awkwardly walks around on the outside of the ring. But I am so done with the idea of a pro wrestling match that is there to get over Pro wrestling. I feel like AEW, all these, you know, uh, these matches that get the, uh, the, uh, what's the, what's the chant that I'm trying to come up with that I can't figure out right now. This is awesome. All the matches that get the, this is awesome chant. They're just there to get over pro wrestling. Yeah. They're not there to get over a character. They're not there to get over a performer. They're there to get over the concept of pro wrestling. And that 
I realized while watching this match, not because this was one of those matches, because I don't think it was, because I didn't think it was very good. I thought it was a definition of mediocre, and it annoyed me. But there are tons of matches that I feel like all of pro wrestling now is just there, and they're performing so that us as pro wrestling fans can take them to our friends and go, no, bro, this guy does backflips? off the rope and it's athletic so we are we're not morons for watching it because this guy he like runs on the ropes like runs on them and it's it's like really cool so you gotta watch this match and it's like it's like wrestling but it's not like your dad's wrestling it's like wrestling for like people who like like cool stuff to me, that is the entire encapsulation of the idea of these kind of matches. It's wrestling to get wrestling over. Can you bring me back to a time where I'm supposed to get a person over? Can I? Can you get Steve Austin over? Can you get The Rock over? Can you get Mick Foley over? Can you get someone over and not the concept of the thing I'm already watching? Huh? Just thinking about this in the context of other sports, how would baseball book itself to get just baseball over? <laughs> I mean, Everyone hits comes, home runs? Everything comes down to a grand slam in the ninth, right? I I just, that's what, that was, it, I, it struck me that I think that's when I stopped really caring like you know when when you're chanting the 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 call letters of a promotion instead of the people that are putting their bodies on the line on the inside of the ring when you're supposed to not care if there's a baby face or a heel there's not someone i don't this entire concept of this match was do i boo lance archer do i like them do i no there's no baby faces or heels we're just there to put wrestling over and by the way, wasn't done very well. I mean, when Ray Phoenix comes off the ropes and does an awkward kick and Lance Archer didn't do the thing he wanted, hey, why don't we just go do that spot again? Well, won't that look stupid? Well, yeah, but no one's going to care. Okay, let's go do that spot again. Physically, tons of amazing stuff. Tons didn't make a lot of sense in the context of the match it's a it's a match to get wrestling over we shouldn't have to do that get the characters over cody rhodes over i care right Pac. over i care even though they turned a baby face for some reason there are pl- there are people in this company that i care about and you can get them over and then they will get other people over. We're already watching. Nobody is watching this show that is not a pro wrestling fan. I'm sorry. The the numbers bear it out. Get the Every so over. often there are a few people who are like, I can't find the fucking remote. And they're watching. But, yeah. When this business exploded... In the most recent time, it was not because they were trying to get the business over. It's because they got Steve Austin and The Rock and Goldberg 
and Hall and Nash, you got people. People you believed in, people you thought were feasible, plausible, whatever you have it. And that's when the business is the most successful. If you want to super serve a niche audience, give them Lance Archer and Ray Phoenix as the main event of Dynamite and pretend, pretend that it matters because it sure as fuck doesn't. No one will ever remember this match. This is not Steamboat and Savage. I am sorry. Despite no their best one efforts to tell us it is. No one will care tomorrow morning. Shivani was the king of hyperball uh, on this episode. It, it, and it's just embarrassing. I mean, he's challenging Michael Cole for the overhyping of something that we can plainly see as we're watching it doesn't live up to the hype. Yeah. By the way, I know that I mispronounced hyperbole. It was meant to be a joke. You but... that's no I mean, I, I didn't react to it because you do that all the time. That's one of your go tos. Yes, it is. Uh <laughs> and anyone who listens to us knows it too, Mike. It's okay. Go you don't have to explain yourself. Um I, I, don't, I don't even remember if there was anything else to this episode. I, no, I the, 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 the match just ended. It, it, Lance Archer won. He beat a guy who never beats anybody, who's yeah. very athletic. And then they botched okay, cool. the fist bump at the end. I mean, I mean, who even cares? These are mid-card, never did anything in the company, don't have any reason to care about them characters. I mean, the one guy started the night as a babyface, kind of did some heel stuff with his freaking manager holding on to Ray Phoenix's leg. And by the way, he has a heel manager that's trying to help out and cheat for him. And then he does a baby ship. Basic narrative storytelling. Basic logic and reason. They can be your friend, Mr. Khan. Remember those times, Kevin, from from your high school days to where you befriended someone, you were friends with them for a couple weeks, and then you blew up, you had a big fight, and then uh, you fist bumped at the end, and that all transpired in the course of three weeks? I mean, yeah, and then my dad went and tried to beat them up on the uh, on the outside of the uh, on the gym one day. Yeah, there's there's a lot of lot of the lot of lot of memories. I'm I'm sorry to bring up uh, such such touchy memories and open those wounds for you. It hurts, but you know, listen, that <laughs> Steve had it coming. Fucking Steve. Steve. Uh, is there anything else that we're missing about this episode? I mean, there was a vignette with Shaq and Jade Cargill. My God. Surprise you willingly this, brought that one up. This pay-per-view is shaping up to be one of the worst of this company's history. Also, that match is not I, on the pay-per-view. 
Oh no, that's right. It's, it's on it's, the it's dynamite a, before. Yeah, I just too many gimmicks, too much bullshit, and uh, they seem to be very happy with themselves. AEW seems more pleased with them. Jesus, I'm sorry. AEW seems to be more pleased with themselves than ever before. And the show's never been more terrible. Pretty much. How do you fix that? How do you fix that? I don't know. I don't either. Can't wait for the big show to show up. That will be great. So, uh, I guess with that said, we'll uh, let you guys know we're going to take a little bit of some time off. <laughs> Soft selling. I like it. So, yeah. Uh, you know, like the Miz is the champion now. Uh, oh, so much stuff. They had Elimination Chamber. There was so much stupid shit that happened there, too. Oh, my God. I'm sorry we didn't talk about that. Edge is going to fight Roman. And, like, there's a lot of stuff going on revolution included in all of that but you know life happens and i'm in the midst of moving into oh i've moved into a new house and setting up the new house and been really busy at work and the podcasts and all of that it's just i need to take a break so, so put it out there, Mike. What are we talking about? We're gonna we're gonna take the month of March off. We're gonna. Uh, I'm going to recharge. Maybe Kevin will. Who knows? Maybe he'll keep on draining his battery. Uh, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep doing this. I'm not gonna record it, but oh, I'm, I'm going I'm to gonna, do this. I'm still gonna watch. And no, no, no. I, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna hook my mic up. I'm gonna come here. I'm gonna talk into this mic. You're not going to be here, but I'm going to do it every single Wednesday night, and uh, it's going to be great. The fun, the the hilarity will be at the highest possible level, and you can't prove that it won't be. I I will not be able to prove that. Mm-hmm. Think um, about that for a second. Uh, I I th- I think I'm going to let that one marinate. <laughs> uh we will be back. The beginning of April, uh, and I'm looking at my calendar right now. Uh, we're going to come back for the go home to Mania. April seventh. Yeah. Okay. We'll uh, we'll record. Well, we're we're now we're now doing uh, uh, planning here on the air. Uh, but which is always good. This we'll, is the kind of thing people want to hear. the The episode will release on April 9th. so that will be Friday, April 9th, and we will talk about WrestleMania, give our predictions with no context, and <sighs> always good. Always good. F- a fun, rousing time. And then we're gonna watch at least one night of WrestleMania. I watched two. Kevin couldn't make it through one. Uh, We're talking about last year. Who knows what's going to happen this year? Yeah. By the way, we don't know. WrestleMania might be six nights. We don't know. They haven't. Have they announced it? It is going to be two nights. 
Oh. Yeah. So they have announced it. They have. <laughs> huh, good for them. Seems like a logical choice. Yes. Um. So, yeah, we'll be back in a few weeks. Hopefully recharged. If not, I'll still be bitter. But uh, we'll we'll talk WrestleMania. We'll talk some AEW. We'll talk some NXT. We'll have a seven-hour episode to lead up to a 15-hour show because that only seems right. And, uh, yeah. Anything else you want to add before we sign off for a little while, Kev? You know what? I don't. I think you said it all, Mike. I said said everything there ever could be said. Everything that is necessary in this moment. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, once again for joining us. We'll be back here in a few weeks to discuss mania, discuss more wrestling again. Appreciate you being patient with uh, taking some personal time. And uh, in the meantime, good night, good week, good month, good wrestling.